Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi, joined, as always, by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. The podcast, as always, is presented by SeatGeek. And, uh, Jim, I think people know. I think people have had it circled on their calendar for a little while. Lakers game coming up tonight. Yes, indeed. And as we talked about on a previous episode, this was the game that people, fan base, is the most excited for on this road trip. Um, it started out with a game against Phoenix. That was the playoff opponent, obviously, from last spring. But really, this was the game that I think everybody was looking forward to. The list of reasons is lengthy. Yeah, the petty meter is petty. Yes. What is it? Got to stay petty so you don't have to get petty. (laughs) From quoting Richard Jefferson. (laughs) Um, This is, yeah, this is an all-time petty matchup from a New Orleans perspective. So uh, we're going to talk about that with John DeShazer a little bit and get into the the, uh, matchup and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's... This is a game, they play them four times this year. I feel like three, all three times last season I remember so vividly. I mean, they were all Pelicans wins, which is one thing, but there was just something memorable about each of the head-to-head games, and hopefully the, the same will be said after Wednesday's game. Yeah, I just lament that it is going to be in L.A. and it's not going to be at home because I'd feel like the, uh, the Smoothie King Center would be rocking, uh, especially right now with all the momentum they've had going. But, look, the Pelicans are looking to get some of their players back. Uh, you never know about the health of the Lakers, the depth of the Lakers. Uh, obviously not not that great. So, look, they got their win. They got it out of the way. The monkey's off their back. Now let's go crush their hope. <laughs> I love it. Yes, and, you know, this is a – we'll be talking about Zion a little bit later, but um, Zion Williamson's career averaging 28 points a game against the Lakers in the head-to-head matchups the four times – 
that he's played against them. That's the second most that he's averaged against any team from the Western Conference. There's a few teams from the East that he has a higher scoring average, but maybe has only played against them once or twice. Yeah. But um, he's done really well against the Lakers um, in, in the games that he's played. And another stat that I, I noted from doing some research this morning, LeBron James, even at 37 years old, about to turn 38 next month, is 14th in the league in minutes per game. So it kind of shows you that they still have to lean on him a ton. Yeah. I don't think that's any surprise at all, but it is it is interesting to look at. Um, obviously, they're one in five, and they haven't gotten the results, even close to the results that they're hoping for. But even with, with the start that they're off to, that he's had to play so much. And I'm, I'm guessing you know neither team has played since Sunday that will probably see a ton of him as well tonight where they have to really push his minutes to – to try to have a chance to win this game. Yeah, so so look, grab your caffeine, get up, do some jumping jacks, whatever you got to do. Join us on the radio on 99.5 WRNO. Check it out on Bally Sports, but you're going to want to be in that number because we're looking for a fun one. Uh, speaking of a fun one, John DeShazer, our color analyst uh, on the radio broadcast. Look, he's a big Laker hater as well. Uh, he loves to talk some smack, so let's get him in here and uh, talk about this upcoming game against the Lakers. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, our favorite guy in the booth, don't tell Graf, uh, Mr. John DeShazer. Uh, JD, good to see you, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Always good to be seen. Always good to talk Pels, especially especially with a 4-2 and two team. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good right now as we roll. Well, I guess stay in L.A. Uh, for the Lakers after taking care of the Clippers. And uh, now time to, to go for the full sweep. I, I feel pretty good about our, our chances against this team, especially with a little health on our side. You know, I almost feel like I need to clap my hands when I say that. the Lakers are a bad squad. <laughs> They're a bad squad. And, and, you know, forgive me, Lord. It couldn't happen to a nice organization as yes. far as I'm concerned. Uh, but they are a bad squad. They've got bad parts. Um, what they were doing in the offseason to assemble this team, I've, I've got no idea. And maybe they just kind of reached into a, a barrel or something and pulled something. I don't know. But they've got bad, ill-fitting parts. And so it pleases me to no end to see that uh, because, you know, y- you see a lot of people who just feel like, well, because it's the Lakers, you just roll them out there and they're automatically supposed to be contenders and they're supposed to be on TV every other game, if not every game. And so it just doesn't it doesn't bother me to see them, you know, not only struggle, but to struggle with their principal characters yes. on the floor. You know, they can't say, well, yeah. we got people hurt and we're going to wait. Like last year, AD, when they finished up, AD was like, you know, just wait till we get Kendrick Nunn back. <laughs> well, Kendrick Nunn, man, for real, man? So, <laughs> so one player away. Yeah. You know? So it doesn't bother me at all to see them just – hopefully drowning right now. Yeah, and, and with no way of getting better because their only way out would be like maybe draft picks. We got those. Uh, <laughs> so it's just kind of nice to see like and, – and again, on TV you'll hear people saying, well, it's the Lakers. They'll be able to get some bargain basement people who are just willing to play for them because they're the Lakers. Not so much right now, I feel like. Yeah, and you know, to JD's point, one of the stats that I looked up this morning that I thought was really interesting is – LeBron James's best plus minus in a game this season is plus two. So even when they've had, you know, like you say, if the planets align and you have your best players all out there, they're all healthy, they still haven't been very good, which is kind of obvious by the record that they have. But even in the game on Sunday, they were outscored by a point in the, in the one win that they do have against Denver. I don't think I've ever seen a case in the whole time I've been following the NBA where so many people in the media nationally were against the idea of the, of a team doing a specific thing, which in this case was trade for Russell Westbrook before the start of last season, and have everyone have it be so proven repeatedly of like it was just a bad decision. So um, it is amazing to see how things have kind of gone there in terms of how badly it's turned out. I mean, I was one of those people who thought, and I was totally wrong on this was. I've seen so many times where people talk about the fit of superstar players. I thought, you know, if you have the guys that they have, it it might be a really wonky fit, which is proven to be the case. But you'll be able to, over the course of 82 games, you'll be able to figure out to some extent. I No one, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't think anyone could have imagined that it would turn out the way it has, even though, like I said, everyone was so against the idea and just vehemently against the idea of bringing Westbrook in. But even though people that were the loudest on that, I don't think they could have possibly foreseen a situation where, for example, they're the last team in the league to win a game this season. See, the the thing with me is, even last year, they, they couldn't shoot. They didn't have a shooter. And then, as as 
the season progressed, you noticed that they didn't play hard all the time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that was one of the things that they took like a 20-point halftime lead here. And, and you know, we mentioned Graf, and, I, and Graf was like, you yeah. And I was like, Graf, we've seen them give it up. They're going to give it up. At some point, they'll let you come back in the game, and, and they're going to give it up. And I kept telling them that the whole game, I was like, they're going to give it up because they had given up like four or five like that, which is alarming yes. for any team. That would mm-hmm. be alarming if it was Orlando. I hate that. You know, kick Orlando around. Yeah, sorry, Orlando, a, respectfully. <laughs> yeah, respectfully. But but that would be alarming if it was any team. And we had seen them kick away like four or five like that. So when they played the Pelicans, I was like, if the Pelicans keep playing hard, the Lakers, they'll let them back in. They'll give it to them. And sure enough, they handed it to them. Well, the thing is, I, I think a lot of New Orleanians maybe aren't surprised by seeing the Lakers struggle. We've sort of seen what it looks like when you put Anthony Davis, one other star, and just a bunch of dudes. Uh, it doesn't bode well for, for the final product, especially with a guy who's always fighting some sort of injury. Uh, you know, Pelicans maybe never had a superstar next to Anthony Davis other than maybe Omer Oshik. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but still, uh, you know, if you're relying on his health to be, you know, the difference maker in your season, I'm taking that bet. Yeah, we're seeing this with a lot of teams in situations around the NBA, some of the teams that have struggled that are based on one guy or a couple guys that if you can't count on them to be in the lineup, it's like the results are tend to be pretty disappointing. I mean, some of these teams that are off to poor starts, it's because they can't rely on some of their guys to be on the floor. So, I mean, over the course of the season, I think that stuff adds up. But in the Pelicans case, I think we, we're seeing kind of the opposite of that, where you, you do have some guys out of the lineup, but they've developed enough chemistry throughout the rest of the roster that – not only can you plug other guys in and get really good production, but just the cohesiveness seems to still be there, even though you're having to mix and match with different lineups. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, J.D., seeing the depth of this Pelicans team, it seems to have made all the difference. When when you have to rely on Zion being out, B.I. being out, Herb being out, watching the bench players just look right at home in the starting lineup has been huge. We were talking about Najee Marshall before we got started in the podcast. Najee Marshall's been huge for this team stepping up. Yeah, I think Jim said a, a major word there, development. Um, they've developed Najee Marshall, um, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy. Um, this team has done a really good job. Now, yeah, you add a C.J. McCollum, and, you know, you add a, a Jonas Valanciunas, but you've developed Brandon Ingram, who came here as, you know, kind of a cub and, you know, got some real good development from yeah. this staff. People forget how young he is. Yeah, still. I mean, this team has done a really good job of taking young players – and shaping and molding them into much, much better players. Now, the guys got to have some desire. They got to want to work. But they found the right kind of guys who want to work and want to get better. Lakers don't have any young guys like that. They don't have anybody that they can you know, look to and develop. And if you could do that, and if it takes two, three years, where is LeBron James going to wait that long? No. And, you know, we talk about AD, and, you know, I don't know who said this, and I stole it from whoever said it, like, (laughs) 10, 15 years ago, but the best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. If a guy ain't on the floor, he can't work. What, what is he going to do for you? And we saw that in spades here in New Orleans. Yes. And, you know, everybody got blamed but AD, um, the training staff, um, mm-hmm. the, you know, the water and everything. Everyone got was afraid to step on his toes, you know. <laughs> yeah, everybody got everything got blamed except Anthony Davis. And now all of a sudden it's, he's in LA and people are looking around like, well, man, this guy is always hurt. And New Orleans people are looking around Told like, you. Yeah, and? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you knew you were buying a lemon. Come on. 
Look, it, it, it's even though it is just one game, these games kind of count for two, right, J.D.? It sort of feels that way. Yeah, well, I mean, when you play people you don't like, you know, you want to beat them. And, I mean, yeah. you know, they swept them. You know, Pell swept them last year, uh, poured a whole bottle of NyQuil on this season. <laughs> and you just, you know, when, when you're in the situation, you know, you, you hear the, the underpinnings or underpinnings. Am I saying it right? Which, which I think it's one? underpinnings, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, you had it right the first yeah, time. Yeah, which one of those? But, <laughs> but you hear, you know, there, there are guys on this roster, maybe Brandon Ingram, who 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 don't like those folks? Who don't sure. like that organization? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard to, you know, because I don't want to call it arrogance, but if it's arrogance, I guess it's arrogance. And there's a snoop factor with the Lakers that you yeah. want to put them, you know, if you can't put them in their place because they're the Lakers, and I don't know if they ever feel like they're whatever quote in their place is, <laughs> yes. but you just want to beat them. You want to stay ahead of them, and and the Pelicans are in a situation where this is a better team, and this is a better franchise. I think than than the Lakers are right now. Yeah, and and in large part because Anthony Davis left this organization and went to the Lakers and gave New Orleans so many assets. One of which is going to be Zion playing against Anthony Davis. Uh, we hope now Anthony Davis been dealing with some back tightness. Big surprise, uh, <laughs> but it's going to be interesting watching Anthony Davis try to play center against Jonas Valanciunas, trying to deal with Zion in the paint. You know, we JD and I were talking about it before too. It's, it always seems like AD kind of wants to show up Zion. I don't know how that's going to go for him this game. By the way, are you sure he's going to play center? Are you sure he? I'm not sure if he wants to do. Yeah, that oh, I know he doesn't want. That's to. another. That's another yeah, conversation. That's a, and see, that's another thing that's really always aggravated me about him is, you know, with his ability and his talent, and what this franchise needed from him. And what this franchise needed from him, from him was to play center. This franchise didn't need a Mecca Okafor lining up at the five. Right. right. They didn't need Omir Ashik lining up at the five. They didn't need Nico Miritich trying to guard Joel Embiid. Yes. They needed Anthony Davis to say, I'm the dude, and I'll take that responsibility. And the Lakers can't get it out of him. And and it's amazing. So to, to think about him against Jonas, I don't think he wants any of that. And if he's going to play Zion – and it's probably going to be a one-on-one situation. And he'll probably get some wins in there. But Zion is relentless. And yeah. he's got that great second jump. And he's physical. And so that's a matchup I would love to see because I I think Big Z is just going to attack him, attack him, attack him. And I at the end of the night, I want to see how many how, how many W's stack up against you know the, the lost possessions because I think Z's going to have his share of W's. Absolutely. And it was great to see the way that Zion looked on Sunday after he hadn't played a game in a week because of the injury that he had just the all-around game yeah. and that, that he displayed um, just a really good sign. And I think hopefully we're going to see the Pelicans get closer to 100% full strength over the next stretch of, of days and games. I'm not sure how, how long it's going to be for that to be the case. But, I mean, Herb Jones' is list is, is probable for the game Wednesday night. So, I mean, it would be great to see him back in the mix. Um, Najee, did, as we mentioned, has, did, has done a great job as a starter um, if Najee has to go back to the bench role that he was in, I'm sure he'll he'll do really well and continue to produce and contribute. But um, we we could be looking at a, I mean a team that's off to a really good start in a lot of ways. Just even have more reinforcements here soon, with, and hopefully we'll get Brandon Ingram back as well, um, maybe by this weekend. So things are really uh, things are really looking up around here right now. It's a big California trip right now. You got the Clippers. You just played. You're going to be playing the Lakers, and then back home. Uh, to play the Golden State Warriors. Looking ahead a little bit to that game, J.D., obviously the Warriors are a much better team than the Lakers. 
how do you feel the Pelicans are going to stack up in that contest as well? Well, Warriors aren't playing great right now, though. Yeah. They're, they're not playing great. They're not shooting it all all that well, and, and that's what they have to do because that's what they do. That's their identity. Yeah, and so they're not playing all that great right now, and, and maybe they're just trying to kind of figure some things out, uh, although they have all the pieces back from last year, but they, you know, their sink seems to be off right now. And so this would be a great time to get them now. Of course, they can have that game where they shoot 45 threes and make 20 of them. And, you know, you don't want to be that team that's going to happen against, but somebody's going to get that at some point yeah. in time. <laughs> you just don't want to be that team. But now seems to be a, a decent time to get them. And if the Pels have her back, if you've got Brandon Ingram back, if you've got your starters back and you're in good health, you've got to feel pretty good about your chances, especially being a home game because, you know, again, the Pelicans – feel pretty good about what they are you know we, we you know last year man we, I can't remember the, how many times we lamented man the Pels can't make threes yeah you know, they're trying to win games with single digit threes mm-hmm. and this has really become a team that you know they're, they're not dependent on threes that way you know, they might only shoot 28 30 of them in a game and maybe they make 10 or 11 and they're like okay that's plenty good enough because we got enough stuff going to where you know we can win without that so I'm looking forward to that Golden State game because they will get up and down. You don't want to get caught in that game where, where you, against Golden State where you're shooting threes because they're shooting threes yeah. because that's fool's goal. They do that better than anybody. But I do look forward to seeing that game. It's funny, too. J.D. was talking about how last season um, we were concerned about the lack of three-point production. In the game on Sunday, Trey was three for nine and from three-point range. And with how well he shot – it seemed yeah, it like it like was a like a nine. brutal yeah. game. <laughs> like, oh, what's wrong with Trey? He's three for nine. Yeah, we got Where's, spoiled. Like, right, exactly. Like last year, if a bunch of guys made three threes in a game, we would have been ecstatic oh, yeah. doing backflips. Oh, yeah. But um, he's leading the NBA in three-point percentage among guys that have taken at least 30 total three-pointers so far. And that's even with, the, as I said, the down game he had Sunday. So the guy's been so on fire that when he has a day like that, it just seems like there's something wrong in the, and man, we gotta we gotta see what we can do to get this guy right. But it, <laughs> yeah. it's been unbelievable just the way that he's come out of the gate shooting. It, Zion's had a few of those games where I'm like, man, Zion just doesn't have it tonight. It just seems like everything's a struggle. And then you look at the stat line, it's like, oh, he scored 23 points, <laughs> and I just think he's gonna outwork AD. He's relentless, and I don't think AD's just gonna be able to lay back off of him and wait for him to get to him and then try to block a shot because Zion's gonna get into his body. I mean, he's really good about that, and he's, you know, he's probably, you know, Zion's what six 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 seven. He's been playing against guys who are taller than him his whole life, so he knows how to get his shot off, uh, even against a great shot blocker like AD. And once he gets into his ribs a couple times, maybe AD's on the sideline anyway. Right. But, <laughs> but he knows how to score in those situations, and I just think, you know, you put him down there and you give him those chances, and if they're not going to double, and you know, because of AD's reputation and deservedly so, you probably don't double team Zion. Right. He's just going to go at him, and he's going to keep going at him until he gets enough wins. To where, you know, it's going to be like, okay, well, you know what? Zion's fooled around and fooled and, and got a double-double here, and it's, it's a 20-point double-double mm-hmm. because he's going to be that relentless against him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Jim, what are you looking forward to both in this uh, this upcoming Lakers game and uh, obviously we talked a little bit about about in the Warriors too? Just just um, to see the Pelicans with more of their guys on the court, um, I feel like the signs have been so good so far with, you know, just having to kind of piece together the starting lineup and that kind of thing. Um, for Wednesday's game specifically, um, I'm curious to see how the bench does against the Lakers. They Lakers have been bringing Russell Westbrook off the bench the last couple games. Yeah. 
and he's actually done pretty well in that role. So I'm curious to see how, how that goes. But I feel like if New Orleans has an advantage off the bench, that'll put them in really good position to be able to win this game against the Lakers. And, uh, you know, just going forward, this is this next stretch of games is really interesting with Golden State Friday, like you talked about, and then even Atlanta on Saturday that picked up DeJounte Murray in the offseason is off to a decent start. So um, this is a really interesting stretch over the next four days. And last yep. year, you know, team starts 113, and we're, you know, all of us are just kind of searching for whatever kernels we can find. <laughs> right. You know, we're trying to be positive, but it's, it's you know, it's hard yeah. when the team's 113. I mean, you can say whatever you want to say, but, you know, they don't seem to be any light at the end of the tunnel when the team's 113. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now you flip it, and this team understands, you know, look, played a whole season without Zion. You know, played a lot of games without B.I. Um, you know, had to play some games without Herb. Those three guys are out of the game, and you win a game. You know, not just win a game. I mean, scratch and fight and win a game. And then you look around and say, you know what? This is a team that feels like whatever is available, they can win with. Mm-hmm. And so you get to that point. Now you're talking about a totally different thing because now every game's in play because they feel like they should be able to win every game regardless of who's available. And that's what – you know, we were waiting for this team to get to, and I feel I feel like that's where they are now. Yeah, and, and it seems like almost the national media understands the depth of our team better than maybe some locals do because maybe we're still pinching ourselves. Sometimes it doesn't feel real that our bench depth is that good, but you see national people who, you know, aren't used to the pain we had to endure with, you know, the lack of depth before, mm-hmm. the lack of outside shooting we had before, and uh, it, it, it almost doesn't feel real, but I, I really do. I really do trust this team's depth. I think a lot of that discussion started rolling from specifically from Sunday's game because people had spent the entire offseason talking about how the Clippers might be the deepest team in the NBA. And so you get to play them head-to-head, and both teams didn't have some of their main guys. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard didn't play for the Clippers, mm-hmm. but – the Pelicans had more guys out than L.A. did, and you end up winning by 20. Right. And I think a lot of people um, nationally looked around after the re- at the result of that game and said, you know, wait a minute, maybe New Orleans is up near the top of the list in terms of number of guys. That when you don't have Brandon Ingram, you don't have Herb Jones, and you still are able to win that handily against the Clippers team. That they, they The Clippers do have a lot of good players or, or above-average players mm-hmm. that – um, that was impressive to, w- to see the way that they did that. But again, it goes back to um, what we talked about earlier, where you have you've done such a good job of drafting and developing players that you can put Najee Marshall in a starting role the last three games and have no drop off, have him play as well as he has, and some of the other guys um, like Jose Alvarado coming off the bench and providing the spark that he did. So I mean, Larry Nance, n- another guy that we didn't even talk about, yeah. had a great game Sunday. I mean, you, you start going down the list and you realize that, like you said, Joe, that this this team's depth is really impressive and it comes to light even more when there's multiple starters out of the lineup and you're still able to, to win some of the games that they have recently. Man, I was thinking, me and Joe were talking earlier before we came on. So you get Dyson Daniels, your rookie, and you've got Kyra Lewis coming back at some point in time. Yeah. And, they, and you look at, if everybody's healthy, you're saying, okay, where are they going to play? If everybody's healthy, yeah. where are they going to play? When are they going to play? Because, you know, we look at Billy Heron and Gomez, it's like you can't find minutes for a guy who can get you a double-double on any given night mm-hmm. because it, the, the depth and the quality is that good, man. It's It feels really nice to be in that position to see this team because we've seen this team when it wasn't quite that way. So, yeah, yeah it, it's nice to see it in this position. No, for sure. And we're looking forward to these games. Stay up late. Get some coffee. 
watch the Pelicans face the Lakers. And hopefully this win will count for two. J.D., we're looking forward to having you back in the radio booth uh, at home with the Warriors. And again, that's going to be exciting as well. And then back on the road as we face the Hawks into another stretch of games. J.D., Thanks for joining us as always, and man, I'll be seeing you uh, at the Blender for the um, Warriors game. Very, very appreciative of you guys having me, and um, and hopefully we can bring some good luck on Friday. We, you know what? Scratch that. We don't need luck. Yeah. Just come in, just go in there and kick the tails. That, that'll be enough. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> <laughs> always fun to chop it up with John DeShazer. Uh, looking forward to having him on the call when we're back at home against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Jim, I've, I've seen that you've been busy, uh, obviously working on prep for tonight's game. And, uh, you know, always one of the things I look forward to are your Twitter polls as well. And uh, you had a fun one this morning. Yes, each Wednesday, or at least Wednesday game days, which happens to be the vast majority of them throughout the season are game days on Wednesdays for the Pelicans. I have a poll that's related to the Western Conference. This morning's was about... What's the most surprising um, team among the ones that have kind of come out of nowhere and had good starts to the season? Uh, Utah is six and two. The Spurs are five and two, and OKC is four and three. Those were the options. I considered putting Portland in there as well at five and one, but I, yeah. I don't think people are that surprised that Portland is doing well. Maybe to the level that they are, but I thought they'd be good, but I thought they'd drop off a little bit. Sure. So basically, of those of the three teams that I initially mentioned, I mean, none of them really have been projected to even make the play-in tournament, and they're off to really good starts. So far, the early returns on the balloting are that Utah is by far the uh, the, the leader, the, the team that people are the most surprised by. That so, was my vote. Yeah, I think people didn't expect the Spurs to be that good, but the Spurs have such a history, as we all know too well, of being a good team that maybe yeah. – that's one of the reasons why people aren't as surprised that they thought that no matter who they put on the floor, um, I think it's Graf that calls them the pop roaches because you, <laughs> yes. you just can't kill them. Yeah. I and mean, I, a Greg Popovich coach team is just always going to kind of innately be good. It seems like. Right. And so, um, so far the jazz are the, the leader by far in, in that category, but I, I, on Western conference Wednesday throughout the season, I'm, I'm sure we'll get more into the standings as we get a little deeper into the year. It's a little early to, to, you know, look to read too much into what's happened so far. But the one thing that interesting that I will note is the Pelicans enter Wednesday's games. They're in fifth in the Western conference in the standings. Um, but two of the teams that we, that I talked about the jazz and the Spurs were projected to be, you know, in the bottom of the standings. So really the West is kind of upside down right now. If you look at what the projections were, what people thought was going to happen. And then you look at, um, how things have gone in the first two plus weeks of the season. It's really been fun and interesting to see the results. Really the only team I think that has completely lived up to the billing or, I mean, how they did last year in particular, Phoenix is number one in the West right now with a six and one record. They won 64 games last season. They had a pretty ugly end to their playoff appearance after they really had a a tough time with the Pelicans in the first round. So people thought that they would drop off, but I mean, the way things have gone so far, they look like they, you would think that they might have a decent chance to be number one seed, but like I said, it's it's super early. Yeah, and look, they they honestly had a good win over the Pelicans, who we were a little shorthanded, but they didn't get much from DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a big 
Booker game. Right. Uh, Chris Paul know, didn't have a Chris Paul didn't, didn't have go a big off. game. Yeah, he shot poorly. In that and game. and so a lot of their you know sort of second tier guys are are who beat us. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, get ready for this Lakers game tonight. Uh, we want to see them go down for a myriad of reasons. Join us on Friday's podcast. We are going to have a guest to talk about that Golden State game as it approaches. Uh, again, we want to see you at the Smoothie King Center, hyped up and ready to roll. John DeShazer will be there on the call with the graph as well. Always great to have him back. For Jim Eichenhofer, I'm Joe Cardosi. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 